Greetings, weary adventurer. May I interest you in stocking up on some supplies of fun chat and video games conversation? Well, your ears have come to the right place. Why, this place is called... Day Video Games. That's right, that humble old merchant was me, David Stanier. How are you? How are you getting on? I'm doing pretty good, because I've got an episode of Day Video Games for you. On this episode of Day Video Games, I've got a rather special guest. And hey, guess what? I'm not talking to a comedian for once. No, 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 no. I'm talking with Thomas Hammersley. He is the man that is the fuzzy electropunk music making one man band, Geisterhouse. You'll be able to hear Geisterhouse as Tom has kindly allowed me to put a track of his at the very end of this episode. And he is also a dear old friend of mine. He's probably the person I would consider to be my friend for the longest. My longest friend. Possibly second only to mum and dad. It's a friendship I hold in high regard. We start off talking about our humble beginnings and how we got to know each other. And a quick correction here, right at the start, I talk about high school, I say year 9, when I mean year 7. Yes, I meant that bright-eyed, fledgling fear of year 7, not that mid-pubescent, sports-brand deodorant swamp of year 9. And then we hurtle into finding out what video games Tom is playing at the moment, his favourite games, the first games he played, and when he gets time to play games. This is a big episode. Man, this episode's got a big fat ass! So I won't make it any longer by chatting away now. I'll catch you after. So set the brightness in your mind until the picture is barely visible and the picture is me smiling at you. Hmm. And then enjoy this episode of Day Video Games with Thomas Hammersley, a.k.a. Geisterhouse. My name's Dave, I like video games This is my podcast called Dave Video Games If you like games, well I'm the same So here's this podcast, it's Dave Video Games It's Dave Video Games It's Dave Video Games Video games. Hello there. Welcome to Day Video Games. I'm here with Thomas Hammersley from the band Geisterhouse. How are you, Tom? Very well, thank you, David. Thank you for having me. There's uh, more to our relationship than just me liking your lovely band Geisterhouse. Uh, this is actually, I'm not sure if you're aware, our 20 year anniversary of friendship. I wasn't aware of that, is that true? Yeah, because we went, to, we met each other at high school in year nine, yeah. and we're turning 32, yeah. and so we would have been 11 going on 12, 20 years ago, to, and you, you're 11 when you start high school? That's right, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Although we didn't make friends straight away, did we? No, come on. we knew each other, we liked each other. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you remember we had a bit of, um, a little bit of friendly rivalry in English class? Mm. We both fancied ourselves as very creative, funny types. Mm-hmm. And at first it was like, oh, he's another guy like me, we'll get on. But then there's a little bit of, he mm. thinks he's better. I'm going to show him he's not. I think we were in different English drama groups for a second. Like we had a project to do 
and we both scoped each other out of doing different things. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And at one point, I had a question about, um, I think about grammar or whether something was funny or not and the teacher asked me to go and take it to you for your Whoa. approval and I, <laughs> something like that I don't remember the exact details but I remember you just said no it's wrong take it away and did you agree with me at the time um, probably not probably lose this twerp <laughs> no I don't think I did agree well happy 20 years of friendship happy 20 years mate uh, and yeah ever since we've just been super good buds super, super best super buds super good buds yeah mm. so yeah, Geister House, that's your latest music project. Mm. How's that going? It's going very well, it's going very well. It's interesting to hear Geister House referred to as a band, which I suppose is te- <laughs> it's technically accurate. Mm. Uh, there is two members, one is me, uh, I sing and play guitar, and then the bass and the drums are done by my computer. That's the second <laughs> member of the band. Does he have a name? No. Good. No, I don't like, no. like people naming their guitars and their yeah. computers and the cars and yeah. stuff. That's like... Susan the car. No, piss off Susan the car. Susan the car is pretty good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you thought of the only example that's actually quite cool. <laughs> but yes, it's yes. going very well. Thank you for asking. Uh, it's still relatively new. Uh, I released my first single sort of back last, this time last year, actually. Wild Swimming. Which, Wild Swimming, that's which, right. Which is my favourite one. Thank yeah. you. A lot of people say that. It's been the sort of uh, the best received and I just kind of put it out in the world just because it was a little song I was quite proud of. I just want to see what people thought and the reception was quite good. And I thought, well, maybe this thing's got legs. So I made an album and then I did some gigs and uh, I'm going to carry on making albums and doing gigs now. Brill. Yeah. yeah. I'll do links to all this uh, and Spotify is probably the best place to... Spotify is good. If you want to pay actual money for my music, you can use Bandcamp, but I do appreciate that nobody does that. <laughs> but you've got to put it up there anyway. Yeah. You've got to try. You've got to try. You've got to try. If, if you're listening, when will this be coming out? I don't know. When I've done it, mate. When you've done it. <laughs> if you're listening before the 28th of September, which is probably unlikely. Yeah. Oh, forget <laughs> it. We've got that bit out. <laughs> so uh, stop talking about yourself. And let's talk video games. Okay. So, what have you been playing recently? What video game have you been playing recently? What's in your disk drive? Loads it up repeatedly. What's been entertaining you so consistently? What video game have you been playing recently? What video game have you been playing recently? That's what I want to know. Please, will you tell it to me? What's been making your hands move so furiously? What video game have you been playing recently? Um, I tend to sort of flit around between games quite a lot. I'm not very good at focusing on just one. So uh, a few I've been playing at the moment is um, I installed and decided to replay Half-Life 2. Oh, wow. As I was telling you recently. <laughs> mm. uh, you are of the opinion that it's the better of the of Half-Life 2 and the first Half-Life. It's the better of any game ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. That's your opinion. Uh, I think it's a great game and I'm enjoying replaying it up to a point. But I'm of the opinion that the first Half-Life is better. Right. There's bits about Half-Life 2 that I love, and there's bits about it that I don't like so much. Not not saying these aspects are bad, they're just not for me. Uh, I enjoy in the first Half-Life game the sense of isolation, like you're an agent who's completely on his own, unassisted. 
uh, Half-Life 2, there's quite a lot of running around going into rooms and somebody going, well, it's the famous Dr. Freeman. <laughs> oh, I've heard about you, Sonny Jim. Yeah, come have a look around me shack, meet an alien. And I'm like, I'm busy. Stop stopping me. I'm on my adventures. Would you like to meet my daughter? Yeah, exactly. No, I don't care. Um, but there's... Um, yeah, a couple of other bits I don't like so much is uh, I don't I don't like the car. I don't like driving around the car. The buggy. Yeah, mm. the buggy. I like the hovercrafts. Right. <laughs> but I don't like the constant driving. Oh, you made a robot. Get out the car. Yeah. Shoot the to get back in. Find a button. Get back in. Hmm. Uh, having said that, the Citadel like opening sequence is amazing. Mm. Really theatrical and exciting and scary. I love that bit. Yeah, they take the cinematics to the crazy levels and yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I much prefer it in the first one. You're just completely on your own. Every now and again, you bump into an old man who inevitably, within a couple of minutes, will die, or you'll just climb into a vent and he's too old to follow you, so you just have to leave him behind. <laughs> yeah, I totally get the Half Life one. Like you say, just being on your own, this kind of lone wolf, and even when it looked like you had some buddies coming, like the soldiers coming. Nope, they're trying to kill you oh, too. Oh, that is amazing, <laughs> yeah. The first time you kind of see... I feel like you see the soldiers in the distance initially. Yeah, running. And you're like, oh, wow, what's going to happen? They're going to come in and blast all the aliens for me. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, shit, they're coming for me! <laughs> I love that bit. And then sort of, you know, the soldiers get a bit too easy, you get a bit too good at taking them mm. down, so then they upgrade to ninjas, <laughs> which is pretty fucking nuts. But in the context of the game, it doesn't feel like outlandish or over the top. Well, there's aliens going on, so... Exactly, yeah. Or yeah. are the aliens? Who knows? Pretty much aliens, are they? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, the, is, are you an alien if you come through another dimension? Yeah, if you're from a different planet and yeah. you come through a portal <laughs> into another planet, I think you're an alien. Uh, and the, the planet's, <laughs> what was it called? Zenu? Yoga? Oh yeah, you go to it and it is in space. Yes, you can. Yeah, <laughs> definitely in space. What is it called? Zan, Zan, Zen with an X? Yeah, it begins with an X. <laughs> X-Men. X-Men planet. <laughs> X-Men planet. <laughs> cool. So what else have you been playing? Um, I also have, uh, last Christmas I got a um, SNES, you know SNES Mini? A Mini SNES. A yeah. Mini SNES. It's got all the games loaded on. I've got a, I've got a special one because I've I've got an uncle who works at Nintendo, which means I've I've uh, got lots of extra games on it. Right. That, that's how that happens. Because <laughs> um, you know I um, played through most of the twenty titles that I knew and loved, but I really like kind of the old um, kind of lesser known, underrated classics that sort of don't have the spotlight so much. So at the moment, I've been playing an old RPG called Soul Blazer. Right. On my SNES Mini, that's a really good one. It's sort of like RP- sort of an action RPG, I suppose. Hmm. And you kind of each sort of stage, you're in a village of some kind that's completely empty, unoccupied, no buildings, no people. And as you progress through the adjoining dungeon, you sort of free villages and houses. So every time you get a bit further, more story develops in the village. You can talk to more people who can give you more stuff mm. until you can progress to the end of the dungeon. The village is restored and you move on to the next place. Sounds good. Sounds it, like you're doing some good work there. For yeah, the doing, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's a really fun game. And How did you find out about that one? Did you play it in the past? or No, I didn't have it um, back in the glory days in the 90s. I don't even know if it came out in England. I don't remember mm. it. Um, I think I pretty much just Googled... It's my favourite thing to Google is just underrated SNES games. <laughs> and then I read through all the lists and go, oh, that one sounds good. And I'll mm. ask my uncle at Nintendo <laughs> to put that on my, on my SNES menu. <laughs> 
And other than that, I mainly play just sort of like little independent games I find on Steam, mm. like uh, Faster Than Light and Into the Breach and Axiom Verge. Is this still on the SNES? No, this oh, is no. on my laptop. Yeah. Um, on Steam, I, yeah. On Steam, I don't yeah. know if you could somehow get it from Steam. On, I don't know how good your uncle is. Oh, I don't, I'll have to ask him to ask his mates. Okay. Um, but I mainly like um, sort of, yeah, little sort of independent games that remind me of the ones I played in the 90s mm. uh, with not too much dialogue, uh, things I can complete in like four to eight hours, but present quite a challenge. I do like difficult games. Um, yeah. Any recently on Steam then particularly? Um there are. I really like. Um, are you familiar with roguelikes? It's like a genre of game. No. Um, Tell so me I all think, about it. Okay. I'll, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> so I think the title comes from a game which I've not played called Rogue, and I think the idea in Rogue is that you, it's like a dungeon crawler, mm. but uh, the dungeon is randomly generated every time every time you play it. So no two playthroughs are the same. Every time it's a different experience, and uh, I think by the same token, the enemies and the item drops are like randomly. Uh, dispersed as well every time you play. Mm-hmm. So on one run, you might get lucky. You might find a good weapon early on, and you can progress quite quickly. Another time, you might have like really shit luck right from the start, and you know you die pretty quickly because you're unequipped and there's monsters yeah. everywhere. So a roguelike can be you can have a roguelike strategy game or a roguelike action game, but generally the recurring themes is that uh, they're really difficult. Uh, you can't save like before you die and go back to it. You can save. Mm. So, for example, you know you're a couple of hours in. You got it, your mum calls you for tea or whatever. You can save and come back to it. Mm. But if you then die, it essentially erases that save file. You've got to go back to the start. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like to actually play its completion doesn't take too long. But generally, they're so hard that you've got to put hours in to get good enough to complete it. Right. I mean, all... I'm making it sound like a nightmare. Yeah, this all sounds absolutely horrible. <laughs> no, I really like, like I say, difficult games, and I mm. like sort of learning mechanics and getting better. Mm. And generally, when I'm playing video games, I'm usually like listening to music or listening to a podcast. So um, I can't have anything with like lots of dialogue, lots of instructions on the yeah. screen, because then I can't focus on both things at the same time. I'm just like bombarding myself with media so I don't have to think about any of my fundamental problems as a human. Fair enough. Because <laughs> when it's quiet, that's what happens. Right. Yeah, because I was going to say, for one, the randomness, yeah, I don't like that. I think I would have the worst look ever. I think that's just how it would go for me. Yeah. And then um, not being able to save and it just being very hard. No, yes, no. Um, I know I'm not selling it, but no. they're... Um, you know, the people who develop these kind of games, like some great examples are, um, yeah, uh, Faster Than Light is a brilliant one, um, where you're kind of, um, you're in a little spaceship, just trying to get through uh, sort of a galaxy that's full of kind of like hostile um, government spaceships and aliens and all this kind of junk. Mm. And you can kind of upgrade your spaceship, but it's sort of like got a top a top down view. So you're controlling your little guys in the spaceship, getting them to man the guns and man the shields and stuff like that while you're attacking the other ones. Okay. Yeah, Sometimes like the spaceship catches fire, so you've got to send <laughs> your guys to put the fire out, or aliens actually get onto your spaceship, so you've got to open the door so they get blasted out into space. <laughs> that, yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds so good. <laughs> I'm making it sound fun now. Mm. Uh, another great one is uh, called the Ziggurat, which is like a first-person shooter, but it's all magic. You don't have guns, you have wands and spells. <laughs> it's, it's all magic, mate. <laughs> So you're just like crawling through a dungeon full of all these crazy sort of weird enemies in a sort of medieval setting, picking mm. up different ones that like shoot thunder or make 
sort of magma explosions or shit like that. A lot of spells. A lot of spells. <laughs> so I like spells in space. Hmm. Yeah, okay, you did bring me around about, yeah. <laughs> about that then. <laughs> about roguelikes. Yeah. Check them out if you like a challenge. Give a roguelike a go. Tell me your favourite, tell me your favourite. What's the game when you played it, you just knew it was your favourite. Tell me your favourite, tell me your favourite. A special place in your heart to the finish from the start. Tell me your favourite, tell me your favourite. Completed it loads of times, could be a classic or a surprise. Tell me your favourite, tell me your favourite. What's the best one, say it's David, tell us now, what is your favourite? Tell me your favourite. What is your favourite game? Favourite ever Game. My favourite ever game. Can I do like... Um, yes. I, had to pick <laughs> I kind of had to pick between three. Mm. And then can I do them in like reverse order to my favourite? little countdown, Is sure. that okay? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do like... Uh, and three. Yeah. <laughs> that thing. And number three, I'm going to say Final Fantasy VII. Mm. Um, and I think the only reason it's not one is because I think it's, it's a fantastic game. It's got a lot going for it. The character designs are amazing. It is, however, deeply flawed as a game. Mm. I mean, the um, the good elements, the pluses, more than make up for it. But you can't kind of get over the fact, especially I replayed it like as an adult. My first playthrough, I was only uh, 12, 13 or so. I never played a game like it. I thought the story in particular was amazing and mm-hmm. so in-depth. And I played it again at the age of maybe 23. It's like, the story is fucking nonsense. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Um, as soon as they kind of introduce the brown head. Oh, um, Zach! Yeah. <laughs> Who's like, what? I still don't understand what the deal is with that. Zach was like Cloud from an alternative dimension? Yeah, but then it's like, well, Zach is the real Cloud. Yeah. But it's not, yeah, that's when, basically when you go to what feels like the an Aztec temple. Oh, Temple of the Ancients. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, once you get there. It's just well, like, Ares dies, spoiler alert. No, I thought she, she's more north. No, yeah, I'm getting mixed up. That's like Ares' spiritual home or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She goes her way around. She has like a, goes all weird in there or something. Mm. But yeah, once it kind of got to about there, uh, uh, yeah, I think I started to lose what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yes, likewise. And, and more to the point, stop caring. Yeah. But the um, even at that point in the game, like the characters are so great. Yeah. And the locations are so great as well. And the soundtrack is absolutely fantastic. It's mm. one of my favourite game soundtracks. Yes. Yeah. Just, just wall-to-wall bangers everywhere you go. <laughs> I'd quite like the uh, orchestral version of Earth's theme. Uh, at my funeral, please. Oh, sorry to bring ah, it down. <laughs> is that the kind of... Is that the arpeggio? No, no, no. <laughs> What's the Earth's theme? do 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 Started too high there. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Do, 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 do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's quite a... That's a beautiful piece of music, isn't it? Everyone's going to cry. Yeah. I don't really... I've listened to those orchestral versions of the soundtrack, and I much prefer the Plinky Plonky Mini yeah, versions. Too. They mean a lot more to me. <laughs> and sometimes a bit gets lost in translation, because I like the kind of... Especially in the more industrial settings, like in Midgar particularly. Yeah. I really like the squelchy synthesizer. Mm, the kind uh, of rough kind of clunks. Yeah, the rough clunks. <laughs> the kind of industrial aspects. Mm. And I don't think it translates necessarily to being played on an orchestra. Or to the uh, composer's rock band. <laughs> I didn't really like that either. I mean, fair play, he wrote it. He can do what he wants yeah. with it. But wasn't for me, pal. <laughs> uh, I remember when... Must have been like a young when we were playing it younger, 
where we were trying to get a gold chocobo and we called like the oh, male yeah. chocobos like Dave, Tom, Ben, and Bernard, our friends at the oh, time. Oh, right, yeah. And then matched them up with like our girlfriends at the time. Or oh, they're probably the girls we wanted to be our girlfriends. Yeah, maybe that's probably... what's more likely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then, of course, how the breeding system goes, it all just got a bit all kind of incestuous. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. That was fun, though. I remember that, and we got there in the end, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, because it's kind of like as as I recall, every time you breed the right colours of chocobo to try and get a gold one, it sounds really weird. And I was saying, yeah, well, I was... <laughs> hey, it's the game. Yeah, <laughs> like eugenics kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there's like a one in fifty chance of getting a gold chocobo or something. So mm. you have to like reset and go. Oh, it's it's a, a black one this time. <laughs> reset. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> or it's a blue one. It's a green one. And we finally got the gold one. Yeah. And then you can run over the sea. Yes. Like, yeah. Uh, and then you go get the best summon of them all. Summons were great. Yeah. Summons were so cool. That was the thing that the, the first time I saw. I think my friend playing it. Mm. And you're in a battle and you can just summon like a god to fight for you. <laughs> and then as you get through the game, you just get more powerful than the gods that you summon, which is pretty nuts. Mm, yeah, like apart from Knights of the Round, yeah, just yeah. one of your slashes with your big old sword would be yeah. better than calling up your fiery mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. <laughs> what a good game. Uh, and then secondly, I don't know if I could pick a one from the series, but just civilization as a concept. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't mean the game, I mean civilization <laughs> as a concept. What a fun game. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> uh, yeah, civilization. Purely for the fact that I think I've pumped more hours into civilization than any other game, mm. or possibly human relationships. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe three or four. Four would be my favourite. Although I don't really understand, to be honest. Have you played the Civilization? I game played much? four and five. Like, did you understand how religion works in four, or what the point of it was, or what it was uh, doing for you? Um, no, I think I just picked my favourite. Like, yeah, Good old Christianity. you just kind of early on arbitrarily, arbitrarily pick like Taoism or something, and yeah. then it spreads to other lands, and it's like, great, what? Why did that? Why did I do that? What happens now? I think it then has like the if you take over a city and then they convert to say Taoism, yeah, it's then more likely your city's gonna do better because it's like on your side, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, I guess that that's makes the sense. sort of thing they tended really to get, do. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't really get my head around that. But I usually um, in a playthrough of Civilization, what I normally do is really focus on infrastructure, and just be very peaceful, hmm. and you know. Uh, create lots of new cities, make lots of lovely roads and irrigation. Then about halfway through, I just think, this is fucking boring. Just <laughs> declare war on everyone. Don't care if you're an ally. Don't care if you've got great trade deals. It's all about just having fun. Mm. That usually ends up with me getting just caned by everyone and losing as well. Gandhi. But, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a way to go. Are you familiar with the, the Gandhi kind of AI thing? That he's purposefully aggressive. I'm not sure kind, the Well, apparently it. what happened was in the very first game, obviously due to his uh, peaceful nature, uh, he was meant to be the most peaceful AI by far in the game. Mm. And I don't know if I'm, I'm remembering this right, but they set the uh, kind of uh, the aggression bar so low that it went all the way around to him being <laughs> the most aggressive uh, player in the game. Which just became a funny little in-joke. So now in every game, he is the most aggressive, like, <laughs> second only to Genghis Khan, maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I liked naming the cities. 
Dave City, Dave City. Did you do that? Yeah. I never really, um, I always like to be historically accurate with the naming. I never really messed around too much. Apart from playing as England, I'd always put Stoke-on-Trent in there somewhere. That's the capital. Yeah, not the capital. (laughs) But you know you get about 20 cities in and it's like, I don't know, Coventry or Devon. It's like, I thought like (laughs) Stoke-on-Trent. But then I would, of course, I would make sure, I'd treat that city very favourably. Mm. Make sure there's lots of entertainment, because there's none in the real Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a landmark of some kind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, The hanging uh, gardens of stoke on <laughs> Um I liked it when you'd maybe, if you did go to war with someone who was like massively under tech than you, and then one of their swordsmen trying to hit your bloody big tank. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like dropping a, dropping a nuclear bomb on a musket man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, with Civilization four and five, yeah, I always found the nuclear bombs very disappointing. I wanted them to just decimate everything. They don't really do that. There's quite yeah. a lot of nuclear fallout, which is not great, and everyone right. just dies of radiation. But mm. that's not very fun, is it? You no. just want to like reduce the cities to ash. Yeah, I don't want everyone to suffer for five hundred turns. Maybe the surrounding hamlets. Yeah, no, surrounding hamlets. <laughs> Uh, and also, if you've got a bomb dropped on you and you know, have to send all your engineers to clear up the fallout, yeah. I've got roads to work on. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that much. I did used to love um, Civilization 2 as my introduction, and like on the CD version, you could just enable cheats, I suppose. You just put cheat mode on and mm. just do whatever you wanted, basically. So you could start the game where you know you have future tech fighting cavemen. That's really fun. Just dropping a bomb on a caveman and watching him freak out. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, in the very early one, now that I remember, you, like, you know you got your advisors in the game. Mm. And it was like, um, you have your entertainment advisor and culture advisor. And they'd be little sort of like, what's it called? Sort of like FMV bits, I think. But filmed with real actors. Yeah. And your entertainment advisor was Elvis. So it'd be like Elvis in a toga talking like Elvis and saying, I oh, think you need more, re- more resources into entertainment, baby. <laughs> and I love that. Uh, it's a shame they didn't carry that on through the series, I think, having Elvis as an advisor. Was, so like you said, was it a real actor acting as... It wasn't real Elvis. But no, no. No. <laughs> but oh, it was good. like, through the ages, it was a guy in Elvis shades, mm. but in clothes appropriate for the time, but still with a quiff. Wow. Until you got up to present day, where he's like, um, you know, um, Vegas Elvis in the big white white suits. Mm. Yeah. Did he get a space suit in the future? No, it doesn't go that far. Yeah. You sort of get up to present day, and everyone just wears suits, and it's quite boring, mm. apart from Elvis in his, you know, fashion suits. <laughs> Uh, I also Civilization. I think it was called Test of what was it called? Called Power Test of Time, something like that. But anyway, it had loads of different modes where um, you know when you do the space race, you win by the space race, yeah. And you go to space and you carry on in space and start a new civilization in space. Wow. <laughs> Only problem is like you're building like space structures and you just I don't know what any of this is. It's not real. Relate. You made it up, so you just get bored and give up. Like. Mm. There was another one called was it Alpha Centauri by Sid That's good. That's well. really good. Right, yeah, okay. that's a, that's an old one, but it really holds up. Right. Yeah. I should do that again. They should. <laughs> they should. I'm surprised they haven't. Well, what's the one coming out? I'd have to look this up. But uh, is there another one coming no, out? No, like uh, not an Alpha Centauri, but yeah. like basically uh, civilization in space. But uh, I cannot think. There was a fantasy civilization as well. Mm. That was good. You know, you could be like goblins or angels or <laughs> demons. But the problem was like you. You all existed in these separate worlds, and you had to travel through the worlds to get to anyone. 
which meant it was really hard to have any kind of diplomacy or trade or even start a war. Right. It's quite boring. It looked great on paper, but mm. they just fucked it up. This angel is not going to talk to this goblin. No, it's not going to happen. Right. Why would an angel talk to a goblin? <laughs> what if they fell in love? What? <laughs> Dream on, little goblin man. Might be a really handsome goblin and a really ugly angel. That sounds like a really bad premise for a film. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, number one can you give me number one and at number one number one Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo yeah yeah absolutely Mm. that's been like my favourite game since I discovered it when I was 13 Uh, I got it because I really I'm going to say Thick Lad I'm allowed to say that because he bullied me really Thick Lad (laughs) who who lived down the street who kind of uh, bullied me in a friendly way do you know what I mean where they act like you're the friend and hang around with you a lot but just pick on you all the time what's his full name Dave? It was called was Dave. It? I can't remember. I can't remember his surname was. <laughs> but he was very into gardens. And my, my dad still... <laughs> I, think it, I think his dad was a gardener or something. Mm. My dad still quotes him to this day coming around to our house, looking around a garden and saying, you do have a very nice garden. <laughs> garden? A garden, yeah. <laughs> with a G at the end. And yeah. Anyway, he lent it to mm. me because he couldn't... He pretty much gave it to me, I think. He couldn't get anywhere on it because mm. he was a stupid bully. <laughs> um, he couldn't even say the name. He just called it the dragon name. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, playing through it and figuring out how to get... Getting stuck and figuring out how to get past was just really, really rewarding. And I felt mm. kind of smart playing it. And it was really... The atmosphere was really quite frightening. And kind of is. It's still creepy yeah. to this day. It's genuinely like otherworldly like the environments kind of they've not got it's not quite HR Geiger but it's that kind of like it's got a bit of that going on Mm. definitely definitely with like the aliens you encounter and these strange statues that come to life Mm. and all that kind of all that kind of gear with Metroid it had the whole levels opening up because they call it a Metroidvania game nowadays. Yeah. If you get different abilities you might pass a door you can't get through now. Yeah. Yeah. So is it just one big maparoonie? One big yeah, spaceship? Yeah, it is. It's one big maparoonie, uh, sort of divided up into separate areas that you access usually through uh, with elevators. Mm. Um, kind of each one with its own feel, like there's one that's sort of very overgrown and jungly, and then one that's like a haunted old spaceship, which is kind of cool. <laughs> Space ghosts. Yeah. That bit's fun, actually, because um, when you're in the haunted old spaceship, you're kind of walking through and nothing's happening. There's all these, like, robots that appear to be deactivated, just covered in spider's webs. Mm. In order to progress, you kind of need to bring the ship to life, and then everything wakes up at once, <laughs> which is quite spooky. Uh, so, yeah, you're progressing through these different sections. Um, the, the game really doesn't hold your hand at all uh, in a way that a lot of older games didn't, I suppose. Even mm. reading... It may have done in the manual... Uh, you know, explain the mechanics and how to get further. But I think a lot of the time, you know, in the 90s, you only had the cartridge, either because you bought it secondhand or you borrowed it from a friend, so you didn't have the manual, so you had to figure it all out. Yeah, SNES games came in, there was uh, flimsy cardboard boxes. So. Yeah, I don't think I ever kept them. I just mm. didn't even, I didn't consider it an option even. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, getting a present and you throw away the box, don't yeah. you? <laughs> I think. I certainly didn't have any even by the end anyway. No, and in fact, yeah, most people did just have a tub of cartridges. Tub of cartridges, yeah, yeah, easy to store for a Mm. start. Um, So I remember quite early on getting stuck in just one very small section of the game and couldn't figure out how to get any further. And just through trial and error, figuring out, you know, you can curl into a ball and drop little bombs. Yeah, you can bomb walls. 
either to reveal passages or to just to reveal an icon showing if you shoot it with this, something will happen. Mm. And once I figured that out, just completely by myself, it was just like this amazing kind of cathartic <laughs> experience. After being stuck on it for probably about a month, just running back and forth, mm. determined to figure it out. Just accidentally bombing a wall and getting a bit further. <laughs> a lot of the games like that, you just stumble into things that help you to progress further. Um, for the most part, it's kind of intuitive, I suppose. Mm. You know, um, you pick up the item that enables you to run really fast, and then you think, oh, I can go back and run past those doors that close too quickly now. But at times, it's really unclear what you're meant to do. And again, I, I quite like that. I like a good challenge. And is the discovery part of the journey or something? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, yes, the discovery is part <laughs> of the journey. As I always don't, say. I don't really know what that means, but I don't disagree. <laughs> I think the only fault I'd pick with uh, that kind of style, in this game anyway, uh, there's one section in particular. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but Room to room, you kind of go through these sort of travelling tubes, if you like. Yeah. Uh, and they're kind of, a lot of the time they're like safe places. There's nothing to find, you know, like a save room. Mm. And there's a term for it, isn't there? Um, but anyway, yeah. there's not really any enemies there, nothing to find. Um, for a long time, I got stuck. Because I'd explored in the entire map as far as I was concerned. There's a couple of bits that I was obviously meant to get through, but I had no way at the time of doing so. And uh, I was completely stuck for about a year, I think. I gave up because I didn't know what to do. Mm. Until somebody at school uh, mentioned they had a strategy guide for it. And I asked him to look up where I was in the game. And it turns out one of these kinds of travelling tubes, admittedly it looks a bit different from the others, but I just thought that was a little stylistic choice. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's made of glass. You just have to lay a massive bomb in it and the tube smashes open and you progress through the game. And I was pleased to have done it, but I was also like... How the fuck was I meant to know that? <laughs> Nothing in the game pointed towards that being an option. So, in a way, I've replayed it many, many times now. Whenever I get to that bit, I find the rest of the game less satisfying than the bit that came before it. I have a very negative association with just thinking, that damn what? Come on! <laughs> like, for most of the game, there's like a little, you find a little icon with like mm. a missile or a picture of a bomb, and you go, ah, you shoot it, you bomb it. A little, little clue. Yeah, you, nothing yeah. like that. At no other point in the game is there some glass that you explode. So I thought that was a bit of a dick move by uh, by Samus. Well, it's not Samus' fault. <laughs> yeah, she's just going through the tube. <laughs> yeah, just going through the tube. My only time <clears throat> with a Metroid is Metroid Prime on the GameCube. Mm. And so I know all about the rolling around in a ball and things. And yeah, I mean, the, um, yeah, that's very simple. Other than the kind of 3D aspects, yeah. it's very kind of um, faithful to the series so far. Mm. It has that same sense of isolation. I do enjoy, um, there's a lot of lore in Metroid Prime, isn't there? There's a lot of scanning to A do. lot of scanning, which is a little <laughs> bit annoying. But if you choose to, you can learn a lot about the context of the game and the different races and what happened to them mm. and why there are all these old sort of abandoned temples and ghosts and weird aliens. And you can kind of opt into that if you want it. I don't think I did. <laughs> I quite enjoyed it, yeah. to a point. There's yeah. a lot of it. Or you can just blaze through it if you want as well. Um, so there's this kind of optional storyline there if you want it that's not told by characters because that would ruin the feel of the game mm. it's just written on walls and you can <laughs> read it if you want so that's quite cool uh, yeah again it's coming back to the old I just like to feel completely isolated when I'm playing a video game <laughs> I like to play at night when there's no one around and pretend that I am Gordon Freeman or Salmas <laughs> Aran sometimes I'll dress up as him <laughs> when you're playing sometimes <laughs> it's not hard to dress up as Gordon Freeman it's a bit hard for Samus <laughs> bit hard for Samus yeah. but you do it Samus 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 
How do they say in Smash Brothers? Samus. Yeah. Samus. <laughs> About the last. That's bit. a good way to de- determine how to say it. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. A friend of mine um, calls Jigglypuff Rondadou. <laughs> he used to play Smash Brothers in French because he liked the way <laughs> what the characters were called in French, and that one really stuck with him. <laughs> so if, I don't know if you see a Jigglypuff around as you do, <laughs> he just points and goes Rondadou. <laughs> I mean, how how did he switch to French? I think uh, him and his brother were dicking around and did it by accident. Is this Dave Hartley? It is Dave Hartley. Oh, right, yeah. cool. <laughs> Dave and Rick were dicking around and did it by accident. And then just kind of decided to run with it. Yeah, fair enough. He did tell me some of the others, but uh, that one stuck with me. And him. <laughs> and Rick. <laughs> cool, so Super Metroid. Super Metroid, my favourite game. Cool. To this day. When you were a lovely baby, or perhaps just younger than you are today, what was the first video game you played? Let's go back in time to when your memories were made. When you had tiny little infant hands holding the controller, you didn't yet understand, you pressed start, and then it all began starting off everything like the Big Bang. When you were a lovely baby, or perhaps just younger than you are today, let's go back to when your memories were made. What was the first video game that you ever played? What was the very first game you ever played? I'm singing the little jingle in my head. <laughs> How does that one go? Uh, when you were a little baby. <laughs> that one. That's the one. Yeah. Tiny little infant hands. <laughs> you should drop that into the jingle, me singing it. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you were, were a little baby. baby. Uh, tiny little infant hands, that's a bit I like, yeah. Um, I actually find I had a really good think about this, and I couldn't pinpoint it because um, when I was very young, I had two. Uh, my granddad and my uncle were really into computers, mm. really into computers. So I grew up with computers and computer games to an extent. So I really yeah. couldn't pinpoint the first one I played. When I met you, you were always ahead of the computer trends. Like you were on Napster before I even knew what a Napster was. Oh, that's true. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of. I guess I kind of. They, um, I don't know if I inherited it, neither of them were blood relatives, but they kind of sort of stirred something in me mm. uh, to kind of check out new technology and stuff. Although that doesn't continue to this day. I stopped in the 2000, I'd say, the year 2000. <laughs> I thought, I've learned enough. Um, but I do remember like mainly DOS games, um, you know, like point and click adventures. Yeah. Possibly the very first one I played was this really dreadful Formula One uh, driving game that my granddad had. And there was like six tracks. The scenery was identical in all of them. All mm. that changed was like the turns and twists, which were few. <laughs> um, and you weren't like racing against other cars. It was just a time trial. Right. So you're just driving around a path uh, in green with the odd tree. <laughs> uh, a bit like, a, are you familiar with that Penn and Teller game? It's called like Boss Mission or something like no. that. They sort of um, deliberately designed the worst video game they could think of. <laughs> Where you drive from like through a desert from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada to somewhere else, I forget. Mm. So, all you're doing is driving through a desert, like once, and it takes five hours to get there, and then you have to drive back. (laughs) And it's a straight road, there's very little scenery. You see like a cactus or a skull, like once or twice in the 10 hour round trip. (laughs) 
and you can't just press the button down because the bus has a very slight left tilt. Right. So you have to <laughs> focus on it. Anyway, that's the thing. Why it, did they make that? For fun. <laughs> and, and now um, every year, like, somebody's taking it up, they do, like, a big charity playthrough of this game. Like, who can play it? Because you can just carry on infinitely if you want. Who can mm. play it for the longest? <laughs> to raise money for, like, uh, a children's charity, I think. Which sounds fun on paper. I was going to say, at least some good has come of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't unlike that. You just mm. kind of, uh, just a bad driving game. And lots of, like, little educational games. Like, I remember one where you're a frog in a shop and it teaches you how to use change, give the correct change, oh. and work out values. And now I work in a shop, so. Sorted. Manager shop. <laughs> Thank you, little froggy face. Yeah, yeah, manager shop. So that's, like, the final level of that game Whoa. I got to. <laughs> um, but the first game I can remember being really excited about... Mm is watching my cousin play Super Mario Bros. 3 on the Nintendo. And he was at, um, it's like the final world. Have you played Super Mario Bros. 3? No, no. Okay, well in the final world you're kind of in, you know, with the Mario deal, it's like the water land, the sky land, yeah. all that jazz. And the last one is just like the fire hell land. Mm. And I'm watching him... Is like, it ghosts? No, not no. so much. It's more like this particular level I'm thinking of, the one I saw kind of stuck in my head. And it's like, what's it called? You know, the screen chases you, you can't stand still. Where something's chasing you. That's know. it. The screen, it's a screen chasing level. <laughs> and there's all these kind of tanks coming at you. Not like tanks squish you, but mm. you have to jump over the tanks and jump on the enemies on there. There's a little boss at the end. And it just looked like the coolest thing you've ever seen. And my experience was Frog Shop and Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> Video games. And a Sherlock Holmes point and click adventure game where you try and find Jack the Ripper. I shouldn't have been allowed to play that, but that is. <laughs> this murdered prostitute. Like yeah, that's that literally the opening level of the game. Right. Uh, good game, though, probably. Um, <laughs> and I just, yeah, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I had no idea that games could be, like, that fun. Mm. Uh, certainly had that much action, and that was news to me. And um, I think a few months later, that same cousin got a Super Nintendo and uh, he lent me his Nintendo with all of his games, which is a very cool thing Ooh, you know, wow, to do. Yeah. <laughs> so lots of playing Super Mario Bros. 3, uh, Donkey Kong, like the arcade Yeah, version. the old one. Right? Really liked that. I got really into it. Even though it's only four levels that repeat, hmm. got pretty good at it. And one of those fucking awful Simpsons games. Like Even by the Simpsons game standards, it was a bad one. Really? What was it called? You kind of go to different um, famous cities. Like, there's one where you're on the Great Wall of China, skateboarding down, and one where you're on the Oh, I think I played that one. Yeah. It's just like, it feels like a load of mini-games, rather than... No, uh, not quite. You might be thinking of Bart's Nightmare. Maybe. Or the Bart 3D Virtual Bart. That was a load of mini-games. Right. It was a platformer. Mm. I remember I kept getting stuck at the same point, and thinking like, oh, I'm, you know... Once I'm as good at video games as my older cousins, I'll be able to get past here. And then a couple of years later, realizing actually this is just a really shit broken game. It's not that I'm bad; it's just it just doesn't work. I should be able to progress through here, but the developers didn't care enough to make it work. <laughs> it wasn't impossible; it was just really badly designed. Mm. Um, so, what was the question? What was the first game I played? Um, that kind of reminds me of the Jurassic Park game, where it was like there was a raft level, and the only way to get through it was trial and error. But you, yeah, but you didn't have enough lives really. And it was like, do you go left or right of this kind of like waterfall-y kind of rivery bit? Yeah, just poorly designed and insanely hard because if you just chose the wrong way of 
kind of almost tree network of different rivers. Yeah. You, you would just die and like go into a dead end and die or into a T-Rex's mouth. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh come on, mates. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot of games are like that. I mean, I, th- I think I've said a couple of times in the course of the conversation that I like hard games, but there needs to be logic to it. Mm. A lot of games kind of before they'd figured out kind of difficulty curves or just making things work, a lot of games just seemed unfairly hard. Yeah. Like, it doesn't need to be this hard. And unless you worked on the game, you wouldn't know how to get any further or what to do. Yeah. Like they got, the developers got away with a lot of shit back in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> a lot of shit. Well, I mean, how would you complain about it, I guess? Like, right. Tell to- your mum. <laughs> she, she doesn't care. She doesn't even understand. Write to a games magazine. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I do remember that particular feeling of disappointment when... Um, you didn't really have any um, kind of indication of whether the game was actually good or not. So, you know, like if you go mm. to a video game shop on your birthday or for a Christmas shop or whatever, you yeah. pick something based on it looking good. Then you'd open it on your birthday or Christmas and it was shit. And you're just like, I'm stuck with this yeah, next yeah. year. <laughs> I might as well try and milk something out of it. Yeah. Convince myself I like it and play it to death, even mm. though it's awful. I think that's why I bought a lot of like ones based on stuff, just because... Yeah, it uh, had the branding. Yeah, yeah, and you think, well, surely The Simpsons or Star Wars wouldn't make a bad game. <laughs> Everyone loves those things. That's great. So this must be great. Yeah, Isn't exactly. It, yeah. Whereas we now know as adults that often the branded games like that tend to be the worst. Mm. Are there any examples of good ones? Well, the Lion King and Aladdin games have these special places in hearts of many. And yeah, they're I even mean, remaking them very short soon. I didn't I didn't really like the Lion King platform game, I'm afraid to say. That's fair enough. It was insanely hard. It was too hard. I, I heard somewhere recently the reason it was so hard was to stop people pirating it or something. You might have heard that on uh, the was very that, first episode of this uh, Is that right? Podcast, yeah. oh, isn't that That's cool? my fact. <laughs> <laughs> I found it somewhere else. Explain that to me again because I don't understand. Yeah, to combat piracy, they made the second level, which is the Just Can't Wait to Be King. Yeah. Re- yeah, that's the one. Thing yeah. I can't get past it, still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's this monkey challenge and an uh, ostrich bit. It's the bit where you run on the ostrich and you have to do the yeah. ten jumps, and there's one where you do a double jump. Yeah. And then I just crash to the floor every time. It's like I cleared <laughs> both the obstacles. Why is this happening? I think you might have to duck. Or, no, 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 it no. says it's don't oh, really? you dare tell me I have to duck. <laughs> it's like there's uh, there's an arrow downwards for duck and yeah. an arrow upwards for jump. Fine. Mm. And you get a bit further on, it gives you two arrows for jump the emu jumps and then you jump off the emu to oh, clear yes. something really yeah. high and I clear the branch clear the monkey and then I just fall to the <laughs> ground and die right I'm sure it's probably just a case of time to get absolutely perfectly but I don't have time for that <laughs> and that's why if you rented it you, you wouldn't be able to figure out how to do it but I I, I owned it and I've tried oh, it again yeah. as an adult <laughs> <laughs> although I did own it funnily enough on that self same granddad's very very old PC mm. and it was barely functional and it was so slow it was so hard to get to the second level I knew that level inside out but you'd move it a crawl and the sound didn't work and it crashed all the time because his computer couldn't handle it you know yeah. but I was so committed to playing <laughs> it that I slogged through it anyway mm. so Lion King and Aladdin there's been a couple of good Star Wars games uh, since but back in then back then no. um, there's a couple of Super Nintendo ones that are meant to be good but again really hard but I didn't really care about Star Wars when I was a natural child. I was very late to the Star Wars game. Yeah, when they re-released Star Wars is when I got into Star Wars, and the Tazos came out. Oh yeah, Star yeah. Wars Tazos. Mm. This this podcast has been very nineties centric. <laughs> <laughs> Dave and Tom discussed the nineties. 
you had the NES, and then yeah, I, in my mind, you were always a Nintendo boy. Well, I, I was a Nintendo yeah. boy. Yeah, um, I did once do like a console swap with a friend. Like I'd played all my Nintendo games to death, and he played all his Mega Drive or Master System. I forget games to death so we swapped mm. and I was just like this is not as good as Nintendo even Sonic's not that great compared to Mario uh, although I did love Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap might be the only Sega game I really rate <laughs> 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 which has just been remastered and re-released and I bought it and I'm excited to play it um, yeah very much Nintendo Boy so I went PC NES Super Nintendo uh, what was the next gen after Super Nintendo? Oh, it's like N64 and stuff. PlayStation. Jumped to Sony then. Yeah. Because I was, I was about 11, 12, so I wanted to play grown-up games. I wanted to play mm. Resident Evil and Grand Theft Auto and whatever else was out at the time. Uh, speaking of Resident Evil, uh, I could never get on board with the first one back in the day. And I loved the second. Yeah. And it used to blow my mind how good you were at it. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, no. I didn't remember that. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I really love the first one, and I love the GameCube remake as well. Oh, yeah, that's a good uh, Yeah, one. they added a lot of stuff in that I thought was new for the remake. Mm. You know, with like, I can't remember, you remember the weird mutated daughter who chases you through the game and just goes, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Who I thought was kind of invented for the remake, but it's actually something they cut out of the first one because oh. they, they didn't have the processing power to have that much going on in the game at the time. Mm. Which is cool. I like the idea that this was something that was meant to be in the first one. Mm. Uh, I just really liked that. It was a kind of like, um, I enjoyed the concept of it. It was like the guy who made the mansion, it was his daughter, and he tested out the virus shit on her, and she turned into this big hulking monster who um, like lived in a little sort of child's bedroom, like under the mansion that she'd made for herself, oh. <laughs> which was cute and weird, but it was kind of like, oh, another Resident Evil game with a big thing coming after you you can't kill. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, it was really done to death by that point. Mm. And when um, Mr. T in Resident Evil 2, shit scary. Uh, Nemesis in Nemesis, shit scary. Mr. T? We don't call Mr. T. Mr. G. X? X? I remember he called Mr. G or something. I mean, well, Mr. X is definitely in the remake. Mr. X? Yeah. The, the, I'm sure he wasn't called Mr. X originally. No, I don't think he was. Maybe Mr. G, probably not Mr. T. For obvious reasons. Oh, that bit in Resident Evil 2 where, um, you know, you're in the B scenario where things are a bit harder mm. and you're in a, a room in the police station and uh, you're kind of used to the idea of every now and again a zombie opens the door and comes and gets you. That happens every now and again. But you're literally just walking past a wall and he just smashes through the fucking wall. Um, there's nothing to indicate in the game that that is a thing that can happen. So the first time, it really shits you up. Yeah, I mean... A character just literally destroying the third wall, if you like. Because Resident Evil d- was heavy on the jump scares at times. It was, yeah. Uh, dog through the window and that. Dog through the window. But, Going back to the Resident Evil remake, I really enjoyed... Um, when you get to the point in the remake of Resident Evil where the dogs jump through the window... Mm. Uh, all that happens is you walk another car again. Ah, oh, here it comes! Here it comes! And the windows shake really violently. Nothing happens. Yeah. And then about four hours later, you're walking through, having forgotten about the dogs. Ah, here come the dogs! <laughs> I thought that was a really cool touch. Yeah. Just to still do it, but mm. to think like, yeah, you think you've got us figured out, you haven't got us figured out. And that first time you are going through the corridor, you are like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still scares me now if I replay it. You know, I know it's coming. Mm. It's frightening. Those dogs are scary. 
Like I ain't got any skin. I'm <laughs> <laughs> your skin, mate. I'm <laughs> your skin, poor little thing. Don't really like shooting dogs in games, though. Even zombie ones. Never feels right, does it? Uh, no. Do you like it? No. Well, really like yeah, it. Just, uh, <laughs> my favourite part in games is shooting dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, animals in, in games in general, like a lot I don't of, mind shooting crows. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. They're too fiddly. Like, yeah, I, I don't yeah. feel sad about it. Okay, yeah, no. Pecking at your eyes and shit. But it's like, cause, you know, the zombie dogs are all angry, you shoot them, but then they make a dog whimpering noise that dogs do in real life, and they lay there twitching, and mm. it's like, I just shot a fucking dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, don't you go to the kennels at some point and you see all their names? <laughs> oh, that's oh, two. yeah. Oh. I don't know, but it's sad. Yeah, because yeah. they're like police dogs, aren't yeah, they? That's, that's the deal yeah. in the second one, anyway. Yeah, that's sad. I'm pretty sure one of them is called Jojo. Oh. Yeah. Uh, what about the old uh, Resident Evil 1? I think about this a lot. When you know you find the diaries of the scientists and stuff. And one of them is the diary of the guy and he's writing it as he's turning into a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> and at first it's very kind of eloquent and erudite describing his symptoms. And by the end he's just like, John come in, John ugly face so killed him. <laughs> itchy, scratchy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was itchy, scratchy. No, I don't think it is that upset at you. A good video games memory I have with you as well is the old Time Splitters 2 days. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. Just getting leather and playing Time Splitters 2. Yeah, I'm trying to think about what age would be. It was, we had it on my GameCube and I had the three controllers and Darren was with us. I think we were like college, yeah. So you were in sixth form, I was in college, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe even a little bit before, but then how would we have got beer? Uh, yeah, so, pretty, well, it wasn't odd. No. But <laughs> as I recall, we were of legal age at the time. Right. Yeah, I don't think we were. <laughs> Do you know? Because we did have a friend who was very good at getting booze for us. Because he, he was very good at looking and acting mature. Wasn't yeah, he? to this day. To this day, <laughs> he still convinces us he's mature because he wears glasses and he's clever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember that whole thing? You think going to the because he used to the reading show successful is because he'd like play a little character when he walked into the office, mm. and he walked in one time, sort of looking around, going. Oh, and then he said to the guy on the counter, remind me, um, what wine do you serve with fish? <laughs> and uh, the guy said, white wine. He said, white wine, of course. And then he got like 10 bottles of the cheapest white wine. And there's no way the guy like, bought it. But he must have just been like, fair play. Yeah. He's committed to this character. I'm going to serve the dudes. <laughs> but yeah, Time Split is 2, great mm, game. Yeah. Um, Time Split is 3, like that one. Yeah. And we used to play Super Monkey Ball. Oh yeah, yeah, that's still a fun one to dust mm. off. I'm not actually very good at it though. No, I realised I wasn't. And I like, can't complete like get to the end of intermediate stages even. The the platforms get too thin. They do. <laughs> I'm, I'm not very good with like fiddly things that require really precision controls. Yeah. I'm just not. I'm just wobbly. <laughs> oh, I'm a wobbly man. <laughs> when do you play your video games? The minutes turn into hours, which become an entire summer's day. And when that time has been wild away, do you feel accomplished or dismay? When do you play your video games? I sit very still, except for my hands, which move and move me through digital lands. My thumbs order the commands, as time slips through my fingers like sand, exfoliates as I play my video games. Time is a game, and every day is a level, and there are no extra lives. We're 
we're all trying to score as many points as we can before we die. When do you play your video games? Like, when in your spare time do you get a chance to play video games? So, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but when do you have time to play video games? When do you uh, whack on one? When do you play your video games? <laughs> that's the best jingle. <laughs> that's your fave. Yeah, yeah, that's my favourite one. Um, nighttime, pretty much. Nighttime. Nighttime. I do like the idea of spending a whole day playing video games, uh, in theory. Mm. When I actually try and do it, I just feel like I'm wasting my life. Yeah, wasting the sunlight. Yeah. Um, so I prefer to when I don't have to do anything in the morning or I'm not working ideally I do like just playing games between the hours of maybe like 10 to 2 or 3 in the morning oh really because <laughs> it feels like like that's you're not meant to be doing anything at that time anyway mm. unless you're out so it's like I'm not wasting my life because I'm meant to be in bed if I wasn't <laughs> doing this I'd be asleep so it's like I found a little life hack no. <laughs> so generally speaking it's um, I play video games the most when my partner is away uh, I'm just in the house, and so I don't worry about keeping her up. And I will stay sometimes up to four or five in the morning, even when I have work, because yeah. I just I just fall into really bad habits when she's not around, <laughs> and um, just completely lose track of time. Get really into a game. Um, other than that, generally it's hard to make time for video games, which makes me sad. I can maybe snatch an hour on a good night if I'm lucky. Mm. I think that's one of the reasons why I don't really keep up with modern like gaming trends is you have to really kind of um, commit time to them. Hmm. And I think if I bought a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One, is that the new one? That's the new that's one. That's the new one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just spend all this money and then just feel like I wasn't putting enough time into it to make it worthwhile. Oh. And conversely, if I did, feeling like I was neglecting other things that I should be working on. Right, yeah. <laughs> so... I think that's why I spend so much time playing old games, actually. Hmm. Is, uh, it's not really commitment playing through something that you know and love already. And yeah. it's more of um, just a little bit of distraction. Like, um, what do they call it? Escapism, if you like. Yeah. That's what I like, a bit of escapism. But I can't kind of commit to anything new or long. So it needs to be something I've played before or something short. Ideally, something I can play on my laptop so I can play it in bed. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds comfy. <laughs> yeah. So when do I play my video games? At night time, when I'm lonely. <laughs> when you're on about long games there, mm. yeah, I agree. There's quite a few that I kind of just aren't going to get because I know they're like 70 hours long or yeah, something. Yeah, it's too much. It's like, too much. The idea of picking up an RPG now, is just, it's just gone. Yeah. Never, and I used to really like them. Mm. I really did. But I've just yeah cut myself off from that whole world now. Mm. Even like it's Red Dead Redemption Two, that was a good seventy hours. Old. Really, say forty-five, just to complete the game. Yeah, yeah, and um, that there's a lot of traveling about and things in it. So yeah, but yeah, I find there's this website called HowLongToBeat.com. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I, I had no idea about that. What a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it, it's basically how long to beat a game. It yeah. has. Like for, and how long on average the people have submitted the times yeah. spent doing it and yeah if I'm like maybe thinking oh I could purchase a game a new game soon I will go on there and if it's like stupid time yeah it yeah. just kind of cancels that one off the list yeah like, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey the latest one it's all set in ancient Greece sounds dead good oh I like the sound of it yeah I like the sound of it Get dead to... dead stupid long like... uh, yeah 
Let's mm. have a chat with Plato. Do you? Probably. That's Probably. The thing they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not. I don't really understand Assassin's Creed. I don't understand what it is. Kind of blew my mind when I saw the trailer for you know they made a film of it with what's his name Fassbender Fassbender Michael yeah. Fassbender and uh, and then there's all this stuff with him in a lab in the present day I was like what the fuck yeah is this from the game and I looked it up and went this is from the game I completely misunderstood what Assassin's Creed is yeah to start I'm not sure how much they do it anymore but it gets like super matter right yeah it's ba- they say that you can in within your genes yeah is like ancient memories. And yeah. so his great ancestor was also an assassin in Jerusalem. Oh, that's whack, man. Yeah. <laughs> so lame. And it really just kind of broke up the rhythm of the well, the ones I played where it's like, oh, yeah, screwing around, stabbing, sneaking, woo. Yeah. And now I'm a man in a lab. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about my great, 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 great granddad. Yeah, what a way to break up the action. Yeah. Yeah. Conversely, um, like I would say for me, a good um, playtime for a game would be anything from like one hour to maybe... Eight nine hours, hmm. and last last Christmas on Boxing Day, like I'll spend a few days with my family. And on Boxing Day, what I usually like to do when I'm when I'm sick of them <laughs> is check out what's on sale on Steam and just buy anything cheap going hmm. that I can that I can play on my laptop. And I bought this one. I wish I could remember its name, but I can't. But it's just like this really kind of beautiful abstract puzzle game. It just looks amazing. It's been so beautifully like painted and rendered. Mm. And you just kind of feel your way through these strange, arty puzzles, figure out what to do. And I completed it in an evening, in the space of maybe an hour and a half, two hours. And then at first I was like, what a fucking rip off a pedo fiver for that. But then I just kind of took a step back and was like, yeah, but I, I loved it. I oh. really liked it. I had such a nice time. And if mm. I'd paid a fiver, I'd happily pay a fiver to see a film that was that long. Mm. And, you know, arguably enjoy it less. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> well done. Uh, I want to see more games like that. question at you go on because you're such a music man oh have you got a game with the favoritest music I know you weren't expecting this question so I've, I've, I've already answered it but I have other questions Final Fantasy 7 ah I have yeah. other answers rather mm. um, yeah Final Fantasy 7 uh, like I said I really enjoyed the squelchy synthesizer industrial yeah. bits I really like the old casual bits I just think it's iconic I loved the music even at the time mm. uh, when I wasn't that into music when I was playing the game also Super Metroid yeah. brilliant soundtrack <laughs> fantastic soundtrack it's a slightly banal thing to say I suppose but the themes of each world just really tie into the vibe of it mm. like the um, the overgrown sort of planty section has this really kind of jaunty is the wrong word but uh, comparatively speaking really quite upbeat kind of funky music uh, it's got this kind of timber like African feel to it mm. Which really fits nice with the area. The more kind of like spooky, unexplored areas just have this really ambient, like hums and maybe sort of low orchestral things going on. It's really frightening. <laughs> and then like the underground lava section is kind of like booming and more uh, percussive. Like a bubbling lava pit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's kind of obvious to say that the music ties in with uh, the surroundings. That's the whole point of video game music. But it really does, and mm. so brilliantly. 
Like, I'd love to make music for video games. That'd be my dream job, except I wouldn't really know what to do. <laughs> I like yeah, the idea yeah. of it. I mean, if anyone actually, if I, for some reason anyone hired me to do it, I would just freak out. Just immediately <laughs> get terrible imposter syndrome. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, writing a score for a game or a film is not like writing a song that you play in front of people. It's a totally different skill set. Mm. So I love the idea of doing it, and I believe in my mind I'll be brilliant at it, and I'm never going to test it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, would be, what, what are some other examples of games like, that famously have great music? Because I'm not super I mean, asked about, like, cinematic music. It doesn't do it for me. I was going to say, like, the ones in the past seem to stick in your mind more. I'm trying to think why. I like, think it's... it's, it's um, for me, it's more impressive because there's a lot less to work with. Mm. Now we're at the stage where you can just record an orchestra or it's a band. It's almost expected for you. Exactly, to yeah, yeah. And it's much more interesting, like, a Game Boy game that has brilliant music. It's like, wow, fair play to the composer. Mm. He had three sounds to work with, four <laughs> if you count the white noise that imitates a drum. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, so, yeah, to hear great music on a Nintendo or Game Boy game is amazing. Especially when so many of them like the, the Mario theme or another famous game <laughs> that um, still hold up and you can do so much with it mm. because that, that one very simple melody, uh, you can, you know, it's so uh, versatile. Yeah. I don't think that was a complete thought or sentence. No, it was. <laughs> it got carried it was, away. It was, well, it's just they're working within the constrictions and uh, yeah, making... Yeah. Brilliant songs that stick in your mind for yeah. forever. <laughs> That's the kind of video game music I'd like to make. That I could do. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got four channels. So it's all about just thinking of a melody, maybe a little bass, just a very simple drum pattern. And then making the most amazing, catchy, memorable thing you can just with those four things. Whereas now it's just like, make some music. It can be whatever you want. You can use all the instruments in the world. <laughs> It's a bit it's the way I work as well when I record. It's like I find it easier to go, right, the vibe of this release is going to be this. Mm. The recurring theme in the lyrics is going to be this, or it's going to be about this. I'm mainly going to use these instruments. And once I've set myself those limitations, I find it so much easier to come up with stuff rather than just sitting down, you know, chewing a pen going, music. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just generally make some music. That's hard. Mm. Like if I ask you to write a story for me, that would take a long time for you to get started, but if I said, write a story about a robot who wants to find a sandwich, <laughs> it wouldn't be a very good story, potentially. That would be a brilliant story, actually. <laughs> but you'd probably get started pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be a robot doing something to start with, not yeah. having a sandwich, probably. <laughs> you, I've, you just, I've just remembered something very funny you once told me when you talk about You remember creative, uh, creative writing exercises in school? Yeah. And the story would start with a sentence. And you were saying you'd always need to take this kind of approach. The starting sentence would be, I sat down in my grandma's living room and I turned on the television and then you and then you carry on the story from there and you would go, and I turned off the television. Then I left grandma's house and I went to do something else. Then zombies attacked. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's, you know, what can the teacher say to that? You did it. You followed the rules, technically. Yeah, I like that. Well, thank you so much for being on it, Tom. Thank you for having me. It's been a Super pleasure. Pal. Anything to promote at the moment? 
Um, thank you for asking. Yeah, I suppose uh, I've got an album out called, uh, it's called Bones on Record. I make music under the name of Guys the House. Uh, so yeah, look up Guys the House on Spotify or Bandcamp or iTunes or wherever you get your music. My album Bones on Record is up there. Got a few music videos on YouTube as well. Oh, I should probably should say what kind of music I make. It's kind of like, what would you describe it as, Dave? What kind of music do I make? Um, I'm never sure how to describe it. It's kind of like... It's kind of punky and like guitar. That's okay, like, yeah. You, you're not yeah. going to say anything wrong. I'm sure. um, sort of like electro y punky, I would say. It's kind of electronic. Yeah. But, but punky with fun like lyrics as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I like it generally. Not there so you go. Mate. <laughs> it's fun in, it's got fun lyrics and it's punky and uh, Dave likes it. Yeah. <laughs> Guys to house, phones on record, have a listen. And give my Facebook and Instagram, whatever, a like and follow if you want to see about gigs and stuff. I'll do links. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Like a German man marching. Links, links, links. Links, four, drei, vier. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being on it. Pleasure, pleasure. Cheers, pal. Bye. Bye-bye. Thomas Hammersley. I enjoyed talking to Tom, as ever, and I always will forever. There was some lovely reminiscing in this one. Hmm. And I found this one had big, comforting chunks of nostalgia to chew on. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. Hey, it was nice to have a chat about the Civilization games. Man, I used to sink a lot of time into Civ 4. And my laptop could run Civ 5, but it wasn't quite strong enough for the later rounds when there was a lot to process. The Civilization in the future I was talking about that isn't Alpha Centauri is called Civilization Beyond Earth. It's meant to be good, but I've not played it. I don't have a PC I can play games on at all. Tell you what though, tell you what I am excited for, Civ 6 is coming out on PS4 and Xbox in November. Although I'm not sure what it'll be like playing it with a pad sat on a sofa. See it's also available on the Switch as well and that seems bloody perfect for it, being all portable and that. I mentioned the website howlongtobeat.com. I love that website, it does inform my purchasing of games more than I'd like to admit. Like, for example, recently, seen as it's October, I've been looking at spooky games to play or replay. I looked at Alien Isolation, 19 hours for the main story, 23 hours for the extra stuff, and now that is just a little bit too long to be that level of really, really scared. I don't want to be that scared for that long. That game makes me really, really scared. I get way too into it. I usually have to stop. Whereas Resident Evil 7, 9.5 hours for the main, 11.5 for the extra, perfect. Hello to the Baker family! I liked that chat about video games music. Another video game with a cracking soundtrack is Tetris. It has just four songs. There's the main one that absolutely everyone knows, Tetris Music A, which was based on the banging Russian folk song Korobiyaniki. But there was also Tetris Music B, which is an original piece by Hirokazu Tanaka. Belting. Give Tetris Music B a listen. There's also Tetris Music C, which was just French Suite Number 3 and B Minor by Bach. It's pretty good, but go listen to Tetris Music B. And the full song is the Menu Music, which is an overlooked cracker, and goes well with completing any task. You should turn it on whenever you're next cutting up a cucumber, or matching pairs of socks. Do let me know if you've got any fave game soundtracks. Tweet it to me now, at It's Day Video Games, with no apostrophe. I will definitely reply. And I've asked you to do it, so it's not weird. So, if you want more Tom, his band, he is Geisterhaus, as in the German for Ghost House. His album Bones on Record is available on Bandcamp and Spotify. 
It's songs about guilt, ghosts, anxiety, and all sorts of other funky things. My favourite song, as said, is Wild Swimming, and you're going to hear it at the end of this episode. Yes, that's right. And there's a music video on YouTube for it as well you should check out. I'll do a link. Tom is also on Instagram. His name on it is Geisterhouse, with three S's. Like it's an old jazz musician saying it. Geisterhouse. Yeah. Cool, man. I'll put links to these in the episode description. Cool. Tom is a big time supporter of the RSPCA, those animal lifesavers. So why not go and help them out? Help them now. Send them some money, or adopt an animal if you can, or shop in one of their charity shops. Or else we'll get one of the cats to scratch you. And also, there's me, David Stanier. I've released a few YouTube videos recently. I've reviewed some chocolate. I predicted what will happen in the Gavin and Stacey Christmas special 2019. Check them out if you like. You can find my YouTube channel by searching David Stanier into YouTube. Dave Video Games has a Facebook page if you haven't deleted Facebook. I think that might be it. So yeah. All there's left to say is thank you very much for listening. Thanks. Thank you. I'll hopefully talk to you again next time. And now it's time for me to go to bed. Right. <sighs> Yawning. Hmm. I'm going to go to sleep. I brush my teeth and now it's time to say goodnight. I've got work in the morning so I think I'll best get my head down early. I've got a big meeting with some big time clients. So I've got to be at my best. And that starts with a good night's sleep. So sweet dreams everyone. And good night, y'all. <sighs> hmm. What? What's going on? Oh no! Curse you, Geister It's